Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshek. All right. Well, welcome to another episode here of the Misfit Messengers podcast. Hey, I just wanted to give a shout out to all those folks uh, who listen uh, regularly, or even if this is your first time, because uh, we, I'll tell you what, Amanda and I absolutely love doing this. We love getting together. We love hanging out, even if it is virtually via the internet. Um, but what's cool to us, and at least especially for me, I guess I can't speak always for Amanda, but is no, that you can. can. Yeah, I can. I can. Sure. Yep. I trust you. Okay. That's terrifying. That's good. Um, is that, yeah, you hang out with us and, and uh, hope that you enjoy our sometimes wandering and meandering conversations, but uh, uh, know that uh, the, the goal of all this is to glorify God, to be an encouragement, to be positive, to but there's enough stuff in people's lives that's that's harsh and negative and, and just difficult, right? That we don't need, I, in my personal opinion, I don't need to add to that. Like there's enough of it in the world. So if I can add something that is positive, encouraging, uh, something that teaches people stuff, like I love to learn every day. I want to learn new stuff all the time. And so I'm constantly reading stuff, looking at stuff, reading articles online, reading magazines, reading books, reading people, um, making observations about things. So anyway, just wanted to say thank you. Before I started, just want to say thanks. Thanks for hanging with us here. Um, and again, if you have any thoughts, comments, whatever, feel free to to drop those over to us. And, you know, we do listen and read read those things and, you know, enjoy those comments. So well, Amanda and I have been talking, as we do, um, and we've talked about a number of things, caught up a little bit on life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? Uh, <laughs> but uh, the last time that we got together, we did talk about First Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, because uh, I'd kind of covered those in some sermons that I had given, and you know, re- we really ended up not even covering like any of that, uh, really. So uh, we kind of want to revisit the the phrase um be ready to make a defense for the hope that you have and as i tend to do when i think about anything in life is i look at the words i'm a very word oriented person and that word hope kind of struck out like jumps out at me right be ready to make a defense for the hope that you have in christ jesus well, what does that word hope even mean? Like, really? Because you look up, sometimes dictionaries will say, oh, well, hope is having hope. Okay, super helpful there. Right. <laughs> right. And and hope um, can mean something different culturally, can mean something different even in your own family. Um, so what does it mean to give an account for hope, which is such an interesting thing because we think hope is a feeling, right? It's something inside of you. It's something that you um, bear down with. How do you give an account of that? It just is something that is. So it has to be something deeper and more tangible in order to give an account for it, which I know my wordsmith friend, Jenny Moffat, has something for us on that um, exact vein. I do. So... So this word hope, I, I went ahead and looked at the Greek. Because sometimes, too, that's the other thing. We read scripture, we get all focused on an English word. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But we got to remember that the English translation of scripture, 
is just that, right? It's a translation of a Greek text. So mm -hmm. I went back and I, I looked at the Greek word and it's el peace. El peace is the, is the Greek word for hope. And it actually has 54 times used in the uh, New Testament and in the King James, because, okay, so friends, just so you, I do know some Greek. I do not know Greek well enough to be able to tell you, oh, it's exactly this many times in scripture. I mean, I could look that up, but it'd take me a long time to count all the times that this word is used. I am actually using a resource called blueletterbible.org. And I, I will say I highly recommend it if you're just wanting to look um, deeply into scripture. It is a very helpful resource. So blueletterbible.org. And here you could, there's lots of ways you can navigate through the website. There's also an app, uh, but you can look up um, a verse in scripture, have it trans the interlinear with the Greek or the Hebrew, and then actually click on a word and kind of dig into what does that Greek word mean? And so we learn in the King James, it's, it's uh, translated hope 53 of those 54 times. And then one time it's, it's translated as faith, but it's interesting because it says this, it says there's a, in the Christian sense of the word hope, it means a joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. Mm. That's the hope that we have is, is this expectation that God has and, and does indeed save us. And then I was, I was reading, um, yes, no, a couple days ago in Ephesians chapter one. And in Ephesians chapter one, there's this fabulous verse uh, that I'm going to read in the New Living Translation. If I can pull it up here. Uh, this is what that says. Ephesians chapter one, verse seven. God is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. That's the hope that we have, right? Mm -hmm. Um that Jesus Christ was in fact who he said he was and did what he said he did and now lives at the right hand of God, the father almighty. Right. So good. Yes. Jesus is um, just the fulfillment of that hope. Um, so sun Sunday today. Um, so this is, we're recording on a Sunday afternoon. Um, and today in, um, in um, my congregation, we just finished Deuteronomy which ends the Torah, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, ends on this climax of them standing before the Jordan River, about to cross into the promised land. Moses is giving his final speech to the people. And, and what he's saying is that I know there will come a time, I have, I have hope, I have faith that there will become a time when your ears will be able to hit listen and your hearts will be able to love you know that you're about to enter into this promised land and you will be able to be with your god now looking at just the tech stuff you're like yeah that didn't that worked out sure for what a week and a half right <laughs> and then it, and then it goes downhill as is the first five books of the bible um and subsequent books of the bible but I was thinking through this thing of why does it end there? Why why end the Torah at Deuteronomy? Because it's kind of like you're at the climax. Like what what's next? But they're outside of the hope right now. 
Mm, okay. Right. Because the promised land, right. That's what everything has been building up to um, from the middle of Genesis until now is this promised land. And right now they're outside of the fulfillment of their hope. And Joshua is the one who gets to lead them into this promised land. Well, Jesus leads us into an everlasting promised land and the hope that we have found in, in the promises of him that are not laid up um, in the law of people and the land of like the earth, but the law of God in our hearts and the promised land of eternity. And what is this hope that we have that God wants to and desires and has made provisions for people to be in his presence. Mm. And God has laid out every provision for us, horrible, corrupted, gross, whiny people <laughs> to be with him in paradise. Mm -hmm. And that was done in a tangible, physical, smaller way, right? In the, in the, in the, those first five books. Um, but there is an even greater thing, the here and not yet, right? Kind of a it's a it's a foretaste, a foreshadowing of the things. Um, and what is the hope? Just like what you're saying, God has a made a way for us to be with him. Yeah. To be to be saved, to be in the promised land, to you know, and it's more than just grass and dirt, it's eternity. Mm -hmm. Um and my whole thing, I mean, I could go into Joshua and Yeshua and Jesus and that whole parallel. I'm not doing it right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, but that whole thing is I'm like, I don't believe in coincidences. Right. <laughs> and especially ones found in scripture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, like you said, the for them, the promised land was that hope. But mm -hmm. but the idea of the promised land, even even in the 40 years in the desert, as they had disobeyed and, and part of the reason they had to be 40 years in the desert, yeah. God was still present with them. He just was in, yes. in the, in the tent of the meeting. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and these, this promise that we have through Christ and then through his Holy spirit, who he has gifted to his people, right. Mm. The Holy spirit that dwells in us, which is just its own set of mind blowing. If you consider the God of the universe, the God, the creator of the universe. Who is like raining lightning and fire on a mountain. What? Sinai, yep. What? And now he's in a tent and now he's like in a, what? Right. Crazy. Mind, mind boggling. If you consider, if you connect all the dots and realize that God has, God loves us and cares about us so much. And the other thing, okay, so. Sometimes we forget that Jesus is king. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of times. Like we are like, oh, well, Jesus is this, Jesus is my friend. Not Jesus is my boyfriend. Just kidding. That's the grossest thing ever. Don't ever, if, sorry, any listeners, don't do that. It's gross. But just saying. Okay, anyway, moving on. Jesus can be your friend. I'm not saying he can't, but he's the king of the of the universe. The king of kings, the Lord of lords. He's the Alpha and Omega. And he's going to come back a second time. He's going to reign uh, uh, as king of his kingdom. He already yeah. reigns in heaven. With a sword shining pure. Like, what? it's going to be like, what? Uh, so I was, I was thinking about this as I was, you know, preaching and, and whatnot. And what, 
what is it we believe? And I was in first Corinthians chapter 15. And I don't know if we talked about this last time or not, but um, give me just a second because I've got a different Bible. So it's not in the same place. You know how you learn your Bibles and it's like, well, it's not on the bottom right-hand column. I can't find yes, it. Yes. All right, so verse 20 of chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians says this, uh, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, and, and just I'm going to pause there, death came through the man, Adam, because mm-hmm. Adam and Eve, Adam disobeyed God, so he brought death, because Adam and Eve would have probably lived forever had mm-hmm. sin not come into the equ- equation, right? But then it says, for since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. That'd be Christ. Verse 22, for as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But in turn, but each in turn, Christ, the first fruits, then when he comes, he, those will belong to him. Now, why am I saying this? Because with, with Jesus' death and, and resurrection, you have to have his resurrection. Mm-hmm. Because if Jesus just dies, he's just like any other normal person. But because he was perfect, he died for our sins and then was risen from the dead. This whole resurrection to life thing is vitally important. Mm-hmm. Verse 24, then the end will come when he hands over, he being Jesus, when Jesus hands over the kingdom of God, the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. That, that's intense, friends. After he has destroyed all the dominion of power and authority, for he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet, and the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Hmm. why am i bringing this up because i think too we get so focused sometimes as christians on this get to heaven when i die yeah that's the goal right yeah so that you get to go to heaven when you die right and i think we forget that we in this moment in time as we live on this earth we we serve a risen lord who is lord right now Mm. um and, and, and not only that, we should, he's benevolent. We talked about that last time. He's benevolent. He cares about us. He loves us. He's a good God. Um, and, and those who don't serve him, it's not going to end well. So I think there needs to be some urgency. So but we, we talked about this, this too, this, that God is um, love, but he's also kind of dangerous. So I was saying it like, like the sun, S-U-N in the sky, right? right. We know right. that the sun is good. We need it to survive. We need it for things to grow. It brings life. It brings nourishment. Um, but it's also really dangerous, <laughs> right? Get too close and you will burn up. Stare at it without protection. Your eye corneas will blow up, right? Stay out um, in too long. You'll develop skin cancer, right? Okay. So it is both good and dangerous. Mm-hmm. God is both good and dangerous. Mm-hmm. Dangerous not in the way of we need to be, um, well, no, yeah, dangerous, sorry, <laughs> not evil. Like Sometimes we equate dangerous with bad. Right. But know that there is um, a care right. that comes with it. And I think um, in, a, in, you know, 
evangelicalism especially, we've lost a little bit of the care and the reverence and the magnitude of who God is because God is love, mm -hmm. because he, he is, he puts himself near to us and dwells, you know, in us with the Holy Spirit, um, that sometimes familiarity can breed contempt. Mm -hmm. But God is so big. And what is the hope that we have that despite um, my weaknesses, God is bigger. And he will redeem us if we, if we give ourselves over to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, going back to that thing with the wilderness and the desert, they were in the desert for 40 years because that's what they chose to do. Right. When Joshua and, and, and uh, Caleb go to scout it out and they're like, yeah, there's some dudes over there, not really eager to fight. I think we'll go back to Egypt. They start this whole coup, try to overthrow Moses and then God, God's like, oh, oh, you don't want to enter into the promised land? All right. You can just waste away in your rebellion. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But what is the hope is that we don't have to waste away in our rebellion. Mm -hmm. That with all of the laws and the rules and things, there's always a way to be made clean mm -hmm. and be able to enter back into God's presence. Mm -hmm. And we, on this side, know that's Jesus. Mm -hmm. What is the hope that we have? The ability and the provision and the means to be made clean and right with God. Now, just like you were saying, Jenny, we're not just getting right with God so we can now be ready to die. I mean, that's a little part of it, you know. But you can imagine I say a prayer at four years old. I die at 84. So I have 80 years of just hoping I don't mess up too much. Just get my seat kicked off the bus. Right. No, you know? no we have the hope to say God has made us for now. Mm -hmm. For his, for the risen Lord. Exactly what you were saying. That it makes a difference that mm -hmm. God is in my life now. Absolutely. And One it makes, the... go, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say, and it makes a difference because there are people who are choosing to die in rebellion. Mm -hmm. Yep. So one of the words that you said, well, you know, popped out redeeming. God is redeeming. God is mm -hmm. redeeming us. God is redeeming the story. God is, uh, even uh, Romans talk, talks about God will redeem the earth in a manner he, he will actually create a new earth but uh but you know that's another that's another loaded christian word right yeah Redeem. like what does that even mean because i okay okay so think about this in the 21st century what is the last when is the last time that we use the word redeem well you can read a gift card yeah you redeem your gift card you redeem <laughs> i think of uh menards you know when they have the 11 percent uh the 11% uh, back, you know, and you get the, the store credit. So that's a re you know, you redeem those, those points or redeem those, um, that receipt. But what does that word actually mean? Like that's a loaded word and it's a Christian word. And so that's why I appreciated that, you know, the new living translation of Ephesians 1 17 or 1 7 says he purchased our freedom 
Um, the NIV would say he, we have redemption through his mm. blood. Well, I looked up the Greek word on that too, because, you know, I'm just all about Greek today, apparently. And um, I'm going to just really just butcher this Greek word, um, but it's ap uh, apolutrosis, apolutrosis. So, and it means, it means releasing, a releasing by, because of payment of a ransom. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. So, so the idea is Jesus through his blood on the cross, because he was perfect, has paid my ransom. My ransom was because I had failed, right? My, I sinned and uh, the ransom uh, had to be paid or I will pay for my sins myself, which is death. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And the idea that he has delivered us from this, from surety of death, right? That's what this redeeming is. He's bringing it back from death because the payment, the payment required is death. And so because he did that for me, I don't have to, to do that. Mm -hmm. Not the ultimate death, right? So as a Christian, we die once and live twice as if you're not born again, you live once but die twice, right? Have you ever heard that? Yeah, that's good though. But that's the hope. The hope is, and and the the hope that I have is that I get to not only live for Him in eternity, but I get to live for Him now, mm -hmm. right? Because that redemption is now. It'll be fully in place when I spend eternity with Him. But I get to live with Jesus right now. His Holy Spirit lives within me. We're getting into some deep, deep theological stuff, but <laughs> like yeah. deeper than we normally go. But, but I think it's important. Well, one, these are just the deep thoughts that I'm thinking right now and good, bad, or indifferent. That's just what it is. But sometimes we, sometimes we forget. <laughs> bless you yeah right <laughs> sometimes we forget what it is this jesus thing's about and that's yeah. dangerous yeah it, it, it's easy to get caught up into the to the mundane of it um because sometimes we're waiting for these big pivotal mountain as the christian terminology mountaintop experiences the big, you know, climaxes, but it's in the everyday little moments that I think holiness really reveals itself, that quiet presence of God. When I think about what is the hope that I have, it's not that my life is going to be great or better than an unbeliever or that I'll be, you know, more successful or better looking or whatever. We all know it's not true, <laughs> but the hope is when I am in the valley of the shadow of death, my shepherd is with me. Mm. Yeah. And I'm not alone in it. And it is, can be used for good. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes that, again, that misconstruing of God's for you, then nothing bad is going to happen. Right. If that is happening. Then you must be doing something bad. Mm -hmm. um, but then, Again, I think that misconstrues all of what is God for and 
and what does it all mean? <laughs> well, that's the what does it all mean is a such a, a important question. What's what's the point? We live this life, we we the sun rises, the sun sets, the seasons come, the seasons go, go to work, we eat, we sleep, we hang out with friends, we scroll our social media. I, what is it all for? What is the the point of everything? Hmm. And in the middle of it all, God is working. Hmm. He's transforming lives. He he hasn't he hasn't taken a nap like contrary to what some people might might think. He's also not dead. Um, right. He's very much alive, very much working. Um, but I think we have gotten somehow in our heads that God has to work in a certain way mm. or it's not God working. And the fact is that if you look through scripture, God shows up how God wants to show up, right? Like yeah. he's, he's God and we're not, uh, say that a lot on here, but, uh, it's true. Uh, he's going to work how he wants to work. He's going to do what he wants to do. And yet in the middle of that, through all of that, he's good and he cares very deeply about his people, but he also is a holy God. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so exciting. Um, that God, God is so big and so other, but through his love, he has made a way for that connection to rehappen. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, right? God wants to be with his people. Think about mm-hmm. it. He could have made he could have made Adam and Eve in the garden mm-hmm. and just left them there. Yeah. Right? But he didn't. He he would walk in the cool of the day, right? It says that when God came in the cool of the day, as was his custom, kind of a thing. Like God, God would interact with Adam and Eve. I had a great question. So part of our Sunday service is people talking about. So as there's a discussion time at the end of the message to talk about what questions does this stir out or whatever. And there was a young boy, it's about um, 13, 13 years old. And he said, well, um, we're talking about through holiness. So we're doing Leviticus numbers and, and Deuteronomy. And he said, well, when Adam sinned, why didn't God just be done with it? Mm, yeah. Right. Why didn't he just kill him then? and just start over or scrap the whole thing right like that is a great question (laughs) that's one of the right why yeah um that's a great question and and it's because of the uh, wonderful amazing confusing (laughs) thing of redemption it doesn't make sense to us Mm-hmm. but God doesn't have to make sense to us because he's so other. Mm-hmm. Our job is to trust that he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get all kinds of convoluted and messed up is when we don't do that. Yeah. Do we trust that God knows what he's doing? 
And do we trust that not only does God know what he's doing, but considers us in that, like cares to be kind to us through that process? Yeah. God could have just destroyed Adam and Eve, could have destroyed Noah, could have destroyed Abraham, could have destroyed Isaac and Jacob and um, all of the people on the mountain and everything. He could have done it a bunch of times, but he didn't. Well, not all of them. And that he, he a part a portion always remained remnant yep a remnant um he never fully fully destroyed them now there is consequences for sin wow. um that's not a thing for today but there is um and that's also part of god's goodness can mm -hmm. you imagine a world where there was no consequence man on some level i can but i don't think even in our wildest imaginations we could fully understand or picture a world without any consequences. Mm. But it's out of God's goodness that consequences come. Right. But God is in the redeeming business. Yes. And it's wild. It is. And that's the hope that we have. We have been redeemed as unworthy as we are mm -hmm. through the blood of Jesus. And we can trust that God knows what he's doing when he died on the cross. And when he rose again. Mm -hmm. And it's one story. Old Testament, New stuff, Testament. Oh, yeah. It's one story. It's God interacting in the world. It's, it's God creating humanity. And humanity messing it up. And God <laughs> saying, don't worry, I got a plan. But we're going to keep going. We're going to keep working. We're going to keep moving forward. And... And the culmination being God sent his son, the king of the universe, right? The Messiah. So that's a, you know, Messiah means king. It means anointed one. It means chosen one. It, uh, David was called Messiah, not in the same sense, but the idea of this Messiah Hebrew word meaning king, um, but kind of like in English, how we say Messiah with a big, with a capital M, right? Uh -huh. Messiah of Messiahs, right? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Hmm. Um, but again, a King that we can be very well happy surrendering under, right? But showing our allegiance to, because he is a good King, cares very deeply about us. Um, you know, I, Chronicles of Narnia was kind of a thing there for a while, and a lot of kids read through the Chronicles of Narnia, but I'll never forget, uh, the, you know, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, where they're chatting at the end, and uh, talking about Aslan, who is the character of Jesus, says, Aslan is good, but it doesn't mean he's safe. Yeah, that's right. Uh, just like your comment about God is dangerous. He's good, but he's dangerous. Um, but he doesn't, he's not dangerous if you've been redeemed by him. Yeah. He's not dangerous. If you've said, Lord, you have my heart, Lord, you have my life. And man, I am so grateful that God gave me the opportunity to say yes to him. Oh man. I know. Right. Oh, just, I'm just thinking every so often I'll meet a person that I'm thinking this could have been me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and it usually just makes me humble and 
and kind of sad, but also like, but I know if God can redeem me and y'all, I was a fool. I'm still kind of, I still got foolish tendencies. Um, but, but I'm like, I, I know I have hope because God saved me from myself. Um, because I didn't need anyone else to mess up my life. I was doing a sure fine job of it all on my own. But God saw me when I didn't want to be found. Mm. And he found me anyway. Mm-hmm. And he showed me the things about himself that would relate to me. Because I was not a, I did not get won over by the love of God. I could not care less. To be completely fair. Um. I was like, because I really didn't believe I could be loved to be mm. as honest as possible. So what do I care if God was love if I didn't think I could be loved truly? Right. Absolutely. But God appealed to me through his holiness hmm. to say, well, if you're wrong, Amanda, who thinks she's right about everything, <laughs> and there really is a God, and there really is an eternity, and there really is a choice of choose life or choose death and you're seeing all of the evidence through the word of god through people's testimony that there there has to be a something and it's right there and 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 i remember just sitting and just being asked are you going to choose life or are you going to choose death and i'll never forget my conversion i'm just sitting on a i'm kidding on, on a curb stop in minneapolis d- dirty in the dark and being like, fine, I'll be a Christian then. <laughs> you know? Ugh, okay. Like, it made it made sense. Yep. Even though I didn't want it to. Because then I had to, like, repent and be a better person than I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it has worked out for, for good. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... I, God has done way better with my life than I definitely was on my own. Yeah. And and the hope, right, back to that hope, is that I know that God is smarter than me. And I know that he is good, and he will never lead me into something that's bad for me. In the light of eternity. And if I, when I find myself in hard things and dangerous things, that he's with me. Mm-hmm. and that it will come to a purpose yeah and i get excited about that kind of stuff absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah i was trying to think back when you said you know you didn't get converted because of god's love i i don't think i did either i think it was more of the just the the reality that this is true and if it's true then i've got to do something with it <laughs> yes I, like if it's true, then I can't continue to go down the path that I've been going down for all these years. Like if it's yeah, true, you, you know, you'd be in a lie. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, and only God can, can do that. Right. Like that didn't, that wasn't me. I didn't like stumble upon truth because I'm a super genius. Right. I stumbled upon truth because <laughs> God revealed that truth to me through a series of crazy events. And we've shared our story on here. Um, and obviously there, there are nooks and crannies and parts that we haven't shared, but, but yeah. It, and to me, the love that I, go ahead. 
Sorry. And he keeps on revealing himself. Yes. Yes. He's, like it wasn't a one done. He didn't yeah, he didn't stop. He doesn't stop working. He doesn't stop working in, in our lives. But again, if it's if it's true, because there is truth. Truth there, there is truth. Some some things are just true or they're not true, right? And and God is truth. Mm. And and if it is, then you gotta do something, you gotta you gotta answer for it, right? And that's yeah. scary at times, right? It's scary to stand and say there is truth, and I'm gonna stand on this truth come hell or high water because I know it to be real. That's the hope. The hope mm-hmm. isn't I hope that my sports team will win. Mm. No, my hope is God is, it's not even, it's not a hope in the 21st century word of hope, right? Because right. we think of hope as this, well, I hope my sports team wins the pennant or the, you know, the Super Bowl, or I hope that, you know, it doesn't rain on my wedding, or I hope, that's the, we've, water. we've watered down hope. My hope in Christ is built on truth, on the right. bedrock that is God. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, sol- it's solid ground, right? It's- yeah. We could keep going. Oh, friend, we could keep going. But it's it's about that time. We should probably, probably wrap it up. But uh, I look forward to what God is going to do. <laughs> I look forward to all that God's going to going to keep doing and working and revealing and showing and transforming and and this is how we have hope is by sharing yeah right the righteous are redeemed by the word of their testimony right through the sharing um through the coming together that's why it's so important um friends where we are to to find people to share your hope with that know Mm -hmm. and understand and can sharpen and um yeah yeah they're out there they are and if, and you, if, can, if you don't have any, what? Then go make some. Yeah, go make some. <laughs> Come talk to us. Yeah, we'll that too. <laughs> but no, this has been awesome. Remember, we have hope. We have hope in Christ. Um, so we are in First Peter chapter three and first, or uh, in Ephesians chapter one, and then First Corinthians fifteen, and then the Old Testament. Holy cow, we ran the gamut again, back and forth in Scripture. This is why it's so vital for us to be reading our Bibles. Um, to just dive in deep dive uh get some additional books if you need some assistance like figuring out how they all connect because sometimes those connections are not as as super plain and obvious um by once over reading but uh tons of resources out there um just yeah hopefully this has been an encouragement not like drug you into some deep theology that that you got lost in but um hopefully it was an encouragement to you guys it was an encouragement and uh, I always love having conversations with you. This has been so much fun. I think so too. Yeah. Especially on a Sunday that. afternoon. Gets us started off with the week right, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, friends, it has been a gloriously fun time with y'all. Uh, I'm going to leave you with what we leave you with every single week. Because I think it's important is that God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. We'll catch you guys next time.